This is a Friendship Alliance digital campus podcast. It can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. This is great to be here with Caleb and Cheyenne this morning. I'm Andrea Scarrow, and this is the Youth Podcast, and we are um, excited to be discussing Mark chapter 4 this morning. So just for a little recap, the youth have been digging into this every week, and we have gotten to the chapter where Jesus is shifting into some really great teaching on um, the kingdom of God using parables. So, Caleb, Cheyenne, great to see you. Um, y'all tell me, what are some of the parables in this chapter, and uh, what are some of the points that have spoken to you? Um, there's a parable, a parable about the sower. Um, there's one uh, about a lamp under a basket. There's one about the seed growing. And the mustard seed. All right, yeah. So several parables in a row, and we know that um, the parable often usually has a main point, one main point. So we want to kind of drill down today, see what those main points are. Um, Caleb, how did these parables impress you? They used a way to describe it that would be compared to everyday life things that they would have done in back in the days of Jesus, I guess you could say. Yeah, so he was using examples that were familiar to them to draw them in. Um, Now, if their heart was in the right place, they would be drawn in and they would be curious about the meaning of these parables. What would happen if their heart was in the wrong place, though? They wouldn't understand it. Yeah, they wouldn't understand it. So Jesus was kind of sifting um, out those who were hearing, those who were responsive and those who were cold and of hard heart, right? So, well, let's dig in to the parable of the sower. This is the largest parable in chapter four, and um, Jesus goes through the different actions of the sower and what happens when he sows the seed, the different types of soil, what happens when the seed hits the, the soil, and whether or not it takes root and whether or not it lasts. So he talks about a lot of different situations here, but what is the one main point that Jesus is getting to? Was it about the types of soil? Because we know there's there's good soil, there's rocky soil, there's hard soil, um, there's thorny soil where the seeds were choked out. Man, it seems like the, the sower might need to be careful about where he sows the seed. Or, or what was Jesus really saying? You got it, Caleb. He was trying to say that the people whose hearts would accept him, the seed would grow. But in some people, their hearts were hardened and the seed wouldn't grow. But is it up to us to figure that out? What are we supposed to do? Just put the seeds out there. There you go. We're meant to sow the seed, not to gauge the soil. Yeah, we, we can't. We can't gauge the soil, right? We're not. We don't know for sure. We're not spending our time on that. Like Caleb said, some would choke it out. Some it wouldn't grow in. Um, but you're right, Cheyenne. We got to just sow the seed. Are we to be generous in our sowing or just skimpy in our sowing? Generous. Generous. generous like yeah. so. What is sowing the seed anyway? What does that mean to sow the seed? What seed? What seed are we talking about? Jesus. Yeah, the the good news of Jesus, right? In fact, 
um, there is references to Jesus throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament as the seed, mm-hmm. as as the one who who embodies in himself the, the very kingdom of God, and he wants to bring life to each and every one of us. So as he's teaching this parable of the sower, he pulls his 12 disciples back, and he says to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. In other words, they, they're not going to understand all of this because they're outside. What does it mean to be outside? They're the ones with the hearts that are... That are hardened. Yeah, hardened. yeah their hearts are so hard. They're outside of the understanding because they don't have the right desire, the hunger, the acceptance, the, the love of God to, to drive them to thirst for more. So Jesus quotes this verse from Isaiah that says, They may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Wow. Can y'all tell me, how did you dig into the word to find out the meaning of that? Because it is a quote that Jesus is stating there. Where did some of this come from? Where was this being quoted from? This came from Isaiah. Yeah, this came from Isaiah. And even before that, kind of harkens back to Deuteronomy. So this was a message of God about his kingdom and about the hearts of the hearers throughout the ages from the beginning of time. And I think we've kind of touched on the meaning of this, but um, if you think back to Pharaoh, when he saw all those signs and wonders, what happened to his heart? It hardened it. Yeah, he, he just hardened his heart even more. Was that a choice he made? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, he was definitely willfully rejecting the signs of God. And um, when Isaiah, in chapter 6, saw his vision of the Lord, y'all remember he cried out, holy, holy, holy. And then he recognized his own sin. He said, woe to me. And then the Lord came upon him and cleansed him. And Isaiah said, here... Am I? Send me to tell others about this good news. And um, this is the same good news that Jesus brings, right? Mm -hmm. And Isaiah said, and the Lord said to Isaiah, it's news for the nations, for all peoples everywhere. Um, All right. So one of the important things about reading the Gospels, when Jesus quotes the Old Testament, what do we need to do? we got to take into account the entire passage that he references. That's right, because that's going to help us understand the, the full meaning, right? The full meaning. And that's important, definitely, as we grow in our knowledge of the Word and our experience and relationship with Jesus. So he goes on from the parable of the sower, the point there being sow the seed, and he gives some other parables about the kingdom of God. And he says, look, it's like a lamp brought to be put in a room. Do you put it under a basket? No. No. Do you put it under a bed? No. no. All right. What is a lamp for anyway? It's meant to shine out. It's meant to be a source of light. 
Yeah, so yep. how does that compare with the kingdom of God? Just put it in your own, like in your own life. Like if you know Jesus as your Savior, are you meant to hide that? No, no, no. Okay, how are some ways you, you're putting that lamp on the lampstand? Supposed to spread the word of God. You're not uh-huh. supposed to be a personal believer. You're supposed to be a believer that shows everybody else the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, that's well said, Caleb. Good, good, good. So it's not just a personal belief either. Like the kingdom of God in general. Is the church a secret society? Is the church a secret mission? No. No, we're on public mission together, right? Like we should be living and acting as a body in this world to declare this good news. Yeah. Um, So he goes through several other examples here teaching his disciples, teaching some others that were with them. He says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So as we are faithful to follow God and live out this great life he's given us in Christ and sow the seed, what's going to happen? Like, are we in control of the production here? No. Thank goodness, right? Like, we sow the seed, we're faithful. Who gives the increase? Who makes it happen? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself. It's like the parable says. It's like that sower looks at it, he plants that seed, next day he comes back, he sees a little sprout, and he's like, wow, how'd that happen, you know? And we can know maybe now the science of, of how that seed germinates and how the, the sunshine and the water feed the seed and the plant, and then it produces. But honestly, it's really miraculous. It's, it's something that God himself embedded in those seeds in life that we are not able to fully understand. So... That's part of the joy, too, I think, of, of sowing seed. You get to look around and, and see what God is doing, and it's more than you can imagine. So how do you guys sow seed with your friends uh, when it comes to the kingdom of God? What are some ways you could do this? How do you live it out? You just got to spread his goodness, spread his word. Okay, all right, yep. We've been talking about the Bell's Method, too, Mm -hmm. blessing Mm -hmm. others, eating with others. So recently, how have we tried to do that as a youth group? What happened just this week? Okay, Cheyenne, you were here. Friday Friday night. What happened? Uh, We invited our friends over to have a game night. Yeah, we invited our friends to have a game night. We ate together, right? Yes. We ate together. We just had fun. We enjoyed just talking, getting to know each other. And we invite them to come and join us in times of study of the Word, too. But first, got to build relationships with people and just get to know them. That's part of being the light. Letting the Lord use us to sow seeds of the kingdom for sure. Well, he gives another parable here, the parable of the mustard seed. And, you know, sometimes this sowing looks like 
a mustard seed. Uh, we just get our friends together. We be Jesus to them. We be kind. We, you know, be faithful in our in in who we are. I think we've got to be authentic, right? Like always the same, um, loving and caring about other people. So as we do that, it seems like it's just a little tiny seed that we're planting. But what does Jesus say about that? the size of that little tiny mustard seed? The mustard seed is tiny, but what about the plant that grows from it? It's even bigger. Yeah, it's like exponentially bigger than that seed. And I think that encourages us as we sow seed because we know that as we're faithful, what's going to happen? Just a small return on our efforts? A big return. A big return, return, right? Yeah, a big return on our efforts. And that's because it's God's kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's His kingdom. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Him giving the increase. And uh, he's, He's about big things. He's about super big things. Like, He's about global things. God is about this entire world, this earth. He loves it all. And he is inviting us to be a part of that. And he's concerned about you guys and your friends as much as he is anybody else. So it's super um, great to be a part of this with y'all and to um, really reach out to those that you have contact with. And I would just encourage you to, you know, look for opportunities to make friends with those who don't know Jesus because you're the light, you're the seed, you're the you're the conduit, you're the channel, you're the contact that they're going to have with Jesus. All right, we get to the end of this chapter, and man, Jesus has been teaching a long time. It's evening, and he says to his disciples, let's go across the other side of the sea. So leaving the crowd, they get in the boat, and a great windstorm arises and the waves are breaking into the boat the boat's filling up with water it says here in the word um where's jesus he's asleep asleep. (laughs) (laughs) he's asleep and and mark is so descriptive sometimes he says jesus was in the stern asleep on the cushion Cushion. like there's a picture there's this one cushion in the boat that they brought you know somebody's thrown in for the trip and jesus is there (laughs) using the cushion under his head, asleep. And the disciples are pretty much freaking out, aren't they? Like, Yes, ma'am. They don't know what to do. They don't know <laughs> what to do. And it's interesting, the question, they, they go wake him up. Like, they can't stand it. They and, and some of these guys were fishermen, so they've been on a lake in a storm before. This must have been a pretty bad storm for them to feel unprepared. Yeah. So they say to him, teacher... Do you not care that we are perishing? Man, what do you think about that That question? How does that hit you? I mean, they could have just said, Jesus, get up. There's a storm. But they didn't phrase it like that. They were very pointed. They said, do you not care that we are perishing, about to die here? strikes deep it seems like they have no faith whatsoever in jesus they're questioning his affection for them they're absolutely questioning 
his love for them. And, you know, if you're not convinced about that, it's very hard to have faith in someone, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he woke up and he rebuked the wind and the sea. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So love is necessary for faith. And what about fear? What does that do to our faith? What should our faith do to our fear, if we put it that way? Should diminish it, get rid of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not that fear is never going to be present or fears aren't going to come up. But when we face fears, our faith should be able to help us through, right? The yeah. faith should overpower the fear. Yeah, the faith should overpower the fear. And again, if we're not totally in love with Jesus, it's going to be hard to have that kind of faith mm -hmm. when we need it. When we need it every day. So then they were filled with a different kind of fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, they'd been seeing Jesus do miracles, but this evidently was the first time they had seen him command the sea and the wind and the waves. So they're still learning a lot, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. How does this compare with our walk with Jesus? Do we Are we where we need to be right now at this moment? We got a lot to learn. Yeah, Where are we on the spectrum? We got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn. Absolutely. And how do we grow in that? How do we learn? Reading the Bible. Okay. Praying. Obviously, yes. But from this passage, what has to be there? That's to be a strong faith. And for that to be there, what else has to be there? You gotta believe that Jesus loves you. Loves you. Excellent. Okay. You gotta believe it. And you gotta love him back, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. This is not a faith outside of relationship. This is a faith because of our relationship with him. All right. Any last thoughts, you guys? Uh, I don't think so. All right. All right. Thanks for being here. Next week we'll talk about chapter five. It's great to be in the study of the Word with y'all, and keep digging in, all right? All right. Okay, see you later.